What did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, my usual yogurt and protein shake. Sometimes on the weekends, I'll have pancakes and, and eggs. I, I would probably eat that almost every day, too, if uh, <laughs> if it was just like out of a box, which I actually just bought some Eggos because I was like, hmm, maybe I could start to have this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tim. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast celebrating the resiliency of the human spirit through conversations with extraordinary people. We talk about all aspects of life here, imposter syndrome, breaking free from the script, living with intention, boundaries with family, what it means to be vulnerable, and the fact that we're all really just making this up as we go along. We're not perfect. We're not alone. We're only human. Today, I'm joined by Bruce Ackerman. He's a son, brother, husband, founder of a company called Printavo, which is software that helps custom apparel shops more efficiently run their businesses. And you you started Printavo like right... I mean, you were working nights and weekends for a long time right out of college. And I'm really curious about that. But when I was kind of diving into your story, I saw a tweet of yours from mid-2020 that said, mental health should be a class in high school. Mm. And that really piqued my curiosity. What was the inspiration for that tweet? Mental health should be a class in high school. It's funny you bring that up. Um, I think I've never really had anxiety until this year. I, I think it was just a lot of things on top of each other. I mean, look, I'm not trying to like, this is weird. Like, oh, well, you, you I have it very good. The company was able to grow this year. We have a great team. We didn't have to let it be off. We didn't have to close. We didn't have to lose our house. Nothing sure. like that, right? So it was just, you know, making sure all of those things lined up for us and thinking about that and the constant changing and I think the political environment and like all this stuff, you know, you're I was always thinking about it. And normally it was really easy to compartmentalize and focus and keep moving on, but it was a lot of significant things that were happening. Um, especially like as a black founder, it was just like it all, it was just, there's so much. And then, um, I was like, man, I, and I started just to, to say this to a couple people that I know were going through similar situations. And then, um, they were, they, they just really helped, I think, process it and just be like, yeah, I mean, look, there's just things you can't control. So, you know, you can do what you can to help. And then, you know, you got your team and everything. Let's keep pushing forward. And so that personally was really helpful. And I felt like that was a really good life skill that should have been also conveyed back at Buffalo Grove High School, you know, of just along with some of the other stuff, right? Like investing maybe and just basics of stock market and stuff like that. But I felt like that mental health thing could be nice. I so agree. I feel like um, one of my previous guests, Scotty Iseri, he works with the, um, oh gosh, I forgot the name of it, but they are behind the organization behind the second step curriculum, which is um, this curriculum that's taught. It was taught in my son's school and that's how I discovered it, but it's all about teaching kids social intelligence, uh, mm. sorry, emotional intelligence um, and sort of all those 
sort of what you're saying, like, you know, understanding feelings and processing feelings and communicating feelings and things like that and becoming aware of feelings. And I don't remember ever having that when we were, you know, we're, we're not too far apart in age in elementary school or anything, but I do so agree with you. Like that's, we learn math and science and history, but we don't like, we're these complex emotional machines and we don't ever touch upon that part. So, and by the way, you mentioned, you know, that last year was crazy and it's, it was 2020 and you know, that you, you were fortunate enough, the business, you didn't have a lot of troubles and stuff, but I mean... I don't think you have to apologize for that. We all had our own troubles in certain ways. So, you know, just because someone else might've had a bigger trouble than you, I don't think your trouble is any less important. Yeah. You're right. It's, it's just like, and maybe, maybe it's just my mindset of like, Oh, well, somebody is worse than than whatever. Um, But I think especially for business owners, there's just always that push of like, yeah, you just got to do it. Like, just do it and just move forward. Just do it. You got to make keep making forward progress, and that's just that's just what it is. And I love it. I mean, that's awesome. That's all I think about. But um, there, there's not. I don't know. Maybe there's just not enough time to to process what what all of that you've compressed in, and being able to start to help do that feels nice. Yeah, it. it I always think about, like, I think about 2020, but I always think about this ability we all have to, like, impact those around us. I saw somewhere you had kind of shared the stat that Printavo tracked $2.6 billion in payments for your customers last year, 2020, for businesses in 18 countries. Yeah. That is such a positive impact. How did that feel when you sort of crunch the numbers cool. and saw I that. had no idea we 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 need some dashboards and stuff set up still like to actively track we don't have the cool like startup uh you know bi dashboard sure. dark <laughs> and it's got the cool numbers going around um i just have literally a bookmark tab list of like 12 different pages that i open up once a week and it they like opens it all up there <laughs> but that was unbelievable it, it it's crazy to think that there's a a little bit of an economic value that goes through the platform, like just on a day-to-day basis that, that we're watching and are seeing to a point where we were even thinking, wow, we could actually track these interesting apparel-based trends like of, of oh, okay, uh, the Cubs win a World Series. Well, hey, we know what's going to happen to custom apparel and blank apparel when they buy this wholesale and what that means to the supply chain and all these things. So, yeah, it was interesting. It, it's still kind of crazy all the time. Even when I go to a customer shop, uh, I'll see them using Printavo and I'll be like, Wow, that's that's kind of cool. It's nice that you're actually using it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's I. The thing I love about entrepreneurs and the businesses they create is you've literally created something out of nothing. Like you going to that customer shop and seeing them using your software, they are finding value. They are growing their business in ways that they wouldn't have had you not decided to start what you started. And that just like is this, I don't know, it's, I almost can't fathom, like, it's just so fascinating that you can create something out of thin air and like affect someone else's business or life probably in a positive way. Do you ever think about that? It is, it is interesting. 
I think my my brain is just always so like on what's the next thing that it, I don't ever really process what's happening right now. For for better or for worse, I, I don't know. But um, it is pretty crazy. I mean, sometimes we do get letters that are like, you literally saved us. Like I, I was losing customers and now I can deliver really good value to them and help them. And, um, and we back in our previous office before covid and we just let the lease go we had and we print all that stuff out and put it on the wall because especially sometimes when you're got a rough day or you know you're you're stuck you're stuck in some bug or whatever happened it's nice to be able to read them like oh yeah okay there are a lot of there's people using this and 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 it helps to you know i whenever a new hire comes in i take them we go to a shop we we uh, we still visit shops regularly. I'm calling them constantly. I'm trying to be very, very close, and the team is that way too. But you still do forget being behind a computer that actual people are using this. So, you know, to to consider that. You mentioned that you feel like you're always chasing like the next thing. I I remember a previous guest, Claire Sellers. We talked about what she called the. I call it MBF syndrome now, but she called it the more better, faster syndrome that she was always chasing like something more, something better and something, you know, always at a quicker speed. And we were both kind of reminiscing about how we both do that. Do you feel like you find yourself with MBF, like just chasing something else? I don't know when it's going to end or if it'll end. It probably won't. I don't know if I even want it to. I mean, I, I, I feel like, I feel like if that ended, I wouldn't be as aggressive to really be able to change this space and do what we want. Mm. And sure, I would be happier, but I don't know. I feel like when I'm older, I really want to say, holy crap, like we before and after of what this space looked like. Like, can you imagine, you know, you're sitting around with your old friends and in the lawn, right? Or whatever. <laughs> uh I, just, I don't know. I just feel like I, I lose that. It. It's kind of like the like work-life balance thing. It's like, I agree, but like, what do you want to do? Like, how, how big do you want to change something? What, like, what is the impact you want to be able to make? I think there's absolutely parts where you can have the balance and make it work. But, you know, if you're trying to make leaps and bounds changes, that feels really hard in 35, 40 hours a week. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. <laughs> No, no. I, I think work-life balance is, I think, is so hard for anyone. But for someone like yourself, who's, I mean, you've created this this company and this value for these print shops out of nothing. And it's sort of, like you said, if you have to keep going to keep it, to keep it up, to keep those customers, the value coming to them and, and the businesses being saved and the amazing growth they're seeing. I, I guess, to me, that could feel overwhelming at times. That could feel like you never get a break or you're always on. How, how do you sort of ensure that you do? Because I imagine even though you want to keep going, you, you do need to take a break every once in a while and like just mentally reset. Yeah. I I mean, here's the thing that, that I realized is that our world is being so much more competitive, right? Um, there's more money getting thrown at companies to hire people and it's competitive to hire and, and retain. It's more competitive international. We had a competitor that popped up that was like their partners in Malaysia, right? And it, it's like, would you really have considered that even a possibility 10 years ago? 
Um, the, the barriers to entry to build software are so much lower. I learned from a, the micro huddle like rails book it, and it's like, that's just because I like was passionate about, about building, you know, backend systems and things. And so I think that just is like, do you want to compete or not? And so, uh, and, and it, maybe it just goes back to the, the, what do you want? And and that's what I really want to be able to say is, Hey, we really changed this custom apparel space. I mean, we really just drove it forward. And that is what I have to, I, I personally feel like that's what I have to sacrifice to be able to do that. Now, I mean, back to your question. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, I think, we take a couple trips and we'll, you know, I like going snowboarding, surfing, and all these things outside of it. But for me, I'm also just so passionate about this space, having like ran a screen printing shop in college and love apparel and like, you know, this stuff that to be able to do it full time is still nuts. Like even to, to, to really process that for a couple minutes is like, like I almost feel like I'm I'm still after work. I'm I'm still like working on this only at night. <laughs> Speaking of which, was it six years? So you in college you buy some screen printing equipment and then you start kind of screen printing and selling uh, apparel around campus. But it was it was kind of after college that you started like building the software. But it was nights and weekends for like six years. Yeah. Yeah. So I started working on it 2010, 2011-ish. You know, I, I didn't know any sort of backend coding, hired somebody, got scammed, uh, you know, took a break, partnered with somebody, didn't work, and then just started building it. And it took a while to get that first version. And then the first customer came in, it was like May or June 2012. And then it was first customer and then second customer and then third customer. But Honestly, I, I for sure should have went full time in hindsight earlier. I think that was a little bit worrisome to me at the time because it, you know, it is sort of unstable. But we were when, and I think when I went full time, it we were at three hundred k ARR. So it it was like past the point where it should have happened. But it was it was just such a mental shift of like you've worked your whole life you've you've kind of like gone to college you you're like on that track, and then this track is totally the the first time of jumping I feel like it was uh it was just a bit scary even even though there's revenue coming in it was just like oh wow there's nobody nobody here like there's nobody there's no coworkers to like do anything or yeah or there's yeah. no boss to like tell you and so that. That was that was strange. Well, I'm thinking too, like six years of, of nights and weekends, I'm sure driven by passion, but that's a long time to keep going. Like, I don't think a lot of people who begin, begin a journey like that will come out after six years on the same path, but you did. And then, you know, the business has grown immensely since. How did you keep going during those six years? You know... I think everybody's different in, in in their business, but this for me was almost like a cool side project for so long. It, it was just something that I was like, I wanted to keep making better. I mean, I remember in school, I must have built like seven, eight, nine and different little web apps that help 
So when we were solving, uh, when we were selling custom apparel and clothing, I needed some way to keep track of inventory. And so I built this little like uh, Rails app that helped track that. And then I saw this one small business. I was like, wow, it would be cool if you could text them. Um, and this was like kind of before Twilio. So it wasn't super easy to plug into an API. But you could, you remember how you could email a phone number and that would text Yes, I do. <laughs> so, you know, it was something like a little widget pop up on your site and you could sign up and do that, right? So it was just like, these are just fun things that I like doing. And then this one was just one that really, for some reason, I just wanted to keep improving it, keep talking to people. And I just, the solutions and the competitors, I think, were not that good. They really sucked, actually. And so that that got me excited about just about the opportunity so it was sort of this idea of as you kept going you saw more and more opportunity ahead of you which probably continued to fuel your desire to keep going yeah it wasn't a business there was no expectations like there was no goals there was no, and there's still we are just starting to put in goals for us and monthly and, and annually i mean the team is 22 and we're trying to bring on almost 10 this year so we're just really starting to to have that set so everybody's very clear but i never said like the end of the year we should be at this or like running yeah. off this blog post or thinking of like ltv to cack that or it was just like how do i help just make this better for the customer and oh wow that's really cool let me like go in and fix that or whatever uh and just keep doing that and then keep pushing it forward and i think i was also at that point, like seeing the, re like the dividends of that was people were paying for it and seeing that grow in Stripe and then hitting like a thousand a month and, and like 10,000 a month and then hitting like a hundred thousand a month. And it was like, that felt really cool. What did it feel like that very first customer, the very first payment they made? Like what was the feeling I, when I you got that email? It like it was yesterday. I was so I I worked probably half the time in my bed just like coding late at night and everything. I'm just like super comfortable in there. I could stay there. And then I was like I need to be able to squeeze out a couple more hours. It's uh so I I would go to 1871 in Chicago and they didn't have turnstiles there for the longest time. So if you waited outside, the door would open from somebody leaving at night and then you just walk in and nobody's working at like 8 p.m. or whatever. And then I just grab a table and then just, you know, stay there until whenever and then leave. Um, And then it was one night I was sitting in my bed just working on fixing something, whatever. Like, especially learning the code, you know, things are just like it's it's like a jenga tower it's a bad jenga tower and and uh and then i got the stripe email and it was like if you ever got the stripe email it's like congratulations you've received uh 30 dollars. i think it was 29 dollars or something and and i was like what and then i opened it up and i remember my first thought was i can't believe somebody paid for this because I think also when I released it, maybe three months before, you know, you, you spend all this time, you put all this effort into it and you release it and you're like, guys, you email your whole list and you're, you're like, guys, it's ready. It's done. Here it is. And it's just nobody 
month to nobody, drop the price to zero. Then people are like, yeah, but I'm running my business. How, how am I going to do that? And you're at zero. I'm like, I don't know, ads? I You know, I don't know. And then raised it back up to just, I think it was $20 or $19. And then that's when somebody paid. But yeah, I couldn't believe it. I literally couldn't believe it. That moment was really special. And then the other moment when there were so many of those emails, maybe three years or so after that I had to turn off that notification and it seems <laughs> it seemed funky but it was like this is like just this is like blowing up my inbox and I like go through and like mark it as red and I because I'd see the people that way I could reach out and just know who they are and I turn that off and that but but that something mentally was like whoa but what if they stop like then I don't know because I'm not getting the emails because we didn't have like there was no Stripe dashboard really then it was just like a chart that is how much money came in and things, but I didn't know in real time how much was coming in, so I just knew it from the emails. <laughs> like roughly things That's are good because I'm getting a bunch of Stripe emails. So <laughs> anywho, I love that. What are your first thoughts when you got the first payment? Was Wow, I you know I can't believe somebody's paying for this, which I feel like, yeah, which is mind blowing, right? I feel like that's such a common reaction from a creator, right? Like we have this desire to create, and it's our passion, but then when we sort of get that first level of success, it's like, well, I can't believe someone's actually, you know, believes in this. Uh, what? Why do you think that was your reaction? I have never thought about that because it's so contradictory to. Like I set up the pricing, I got it all integrated, and like it worked. Um, yeah, I mean, you really probably did everything in your power to make it as easy as possible for someone to purchase your product, yeah. and then they finally do, and you're like, "Wow, I can't believe they did that." <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't even tell you. I I think part of it is like I just our innate sense of always undervaluing the the value we bring to the table, and that's probably why pricing of products is so hard because it's like, you're always like, eh, let's do a hundred. Like, you know, and then it's not like a customer is going to be like, Oh, I'd pay you 300 bucks for this. Right. But in their head, they're kind of saying it. And like, there's products that we use like Gusto, for example, it's like, um, hopefully they don't sponsor your podcast, but, but like, uh, you know, it's so valuable to the organization that we would absolutely have, we would pay more. We have to pay more. So if they asked, so yeah, I mean, you just come, it's like freelancing or building anything. Like you, you always like, Oh shoot. You, you almost like talk yourself down before going to the table and then you throw out that number and you're so easy just to get kicked back down again. Um, but maybe that's just us being naive or young in the process. Yeah, maybe. Do do you still feel that way today or do you feel more confident now? I mean, it's been years. I feel and- more I feel more confident, but there is always that sense of oh gosh, you know. I mean, we we put out a redesign I remember a couple of years ago and, you know, oh my gosh, it's too light. Ah, you know, and it's like um and then after a week it's like nobody says anything, right? So it's I think there's those aspects. Personally, we, we, we need to keep buffing out the product. And then I feel like we're going to do a price shift soon, but then we need to buff out the product continually so we can continue to move out market. Yeah, it's like that constant. It sounds like it's a it's a never-ending 
battle inside your head of like you become more confident in certain areas, but then maybe other areas you're still brand new areas you're still thinking, oh, I you know I can't believe someone's. I'm, I'm glad they're into this, but I can't believe they are. I'm so happy. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, even but although I think pricing is sort of never ending for everybody, it, as in you only you try to get more right, but it's not like yes, we've nailed it. We've nailed it for the last five years. Like, <laughs> right, we're here. We're maximizing every value from every customer. It's just, I don't think it ever ends up that way. How how do you think, I, I love this idea of after college for like six years, nights and weekends, like you are going after this idea and this passion. How do you think that shaped like who you, I also think that time, like, so I'm guessing getting out of college or 21, 22, so in your early 20s, you're doing this and you're very focused, I imagine, or increasingly focused on it. That's a time when a lot of us, I think, start to figure out like who we are or who we want to be. How do you think your six years of like, I'm going to build this affected or shaped like who you became or want to become? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, uh, I I think that for my personality is sort of obsessive but in a not in like a uh crappy like Steve Jobs shouting about you know way but like just in a I'm just thinking about it so many times over and over and over and over again um and then that's just what I want to go do or go work on or go to the next or like and I think that just helped reinforce it. it. It's sort of funny when you ask me actually about six years because I, I, the first thing I think about now is like, wow, why was I doing that for six years? Because when I went full time, it was like things shot off. I mean, right? You're spending, you're able to spend so much time on it. You're able to start bringing people on to help you grow the team. I mean, you can't, I guess you could hire somebody, but why are they going to care about it that much if you're not full time? Right. So, um, it is it, it is weird. I guess I'm not fully answering the question, but it, it it's a little bit weird to even think about it because it's like I should have done it earlier, and it it just meld with who I am of just being so so sort of obsessive about it, and and maybe this is sort of maybe this is going too deep, but maybe it has to do with sort of as as I was younger. I, I had always this like slight like OCD tick of of um like obsessed with the lights going on and off. Like if I turn the lights off, I had to turn them off again like multiple times before I could walk away or the locks on the doors. It was always the lights or locks on the doors younger. I remember lock the door, walk away. Oh, is the lock is it locked? Are you sure it's locked? You you should go unlock and lock it back. Okay, let me go lock it back. All right, let me walk back around. Wait, are you sure you actually locked it? Oh, crap. All right, let me go check. You know, and just like keep doing that. Oh, yeah. And then eventually like force... No, like walk the F away. This is ridiculous. But I wonder if that sort of transformed into maybe the the just constantly thinking about it of this and then just 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 straight action. Like I I, I think that just... I don't think enough about the repercussions, which some which has more problems i think as we grow larger than then especially of just 
just doing it. I don't know. For example, when there's somebody that I would see at a coffee shop that had a, like a dark screen and was coding on something, it would just, oh, hey, what are you working on? Like, what what is that? And I just talk to them. Um, not thinking where like, I think, for example, my wife, I'll tell her like, oh, you should talk to that guy. That guy's really cool. He was talking about what you were just talking about. And then she's like, oh, no, no, I don't want to bug him. You know, like, that's okay. But I, I didn't really worry about that. And I still don't worry about that. I don't think anybody really should worry about that. Because so many people are so open to really talking about what, they, what they're doing or what's going on. And if they're not, then I, that, there's so few times when they're not. I'll randomly just pick up my phone and just call people like constantly. And I'm like, hey, do you have just like five, just five minutes? Let me... There was two people this morning that it just something popped up and I was asking and, but anyway, I was going off on a, on a rant, a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, oddly comforting to hear your story about like locking the door and then coming back and wondering if it's locked. Cause every night before I go to bed, like I'll try and like, what I'll try and do is like make as little, I'll try and make sure there's as little tasks left as possible before I go to bed so that after I like, if I'm watching TV, I can just go straight to bed. Yeah. So like I'll go check the front door and be like, all right, it's locked. Like I don't need to check again before I go to bed. Then I'll watch a yeah. show on Netflix. And then the first thing I do after I turn off the TV is I'm like, did I lock the door? <laughs> and yeah. then I walk back to the front door. And of course it's, you know, it's like, I'm pretty sure I did, but like, well, I don't want to risk it because you know, and it's like, so it's, I was smiling when you said that. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm not alone here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Gosh, it's just, not not ideal to be stuck in those loops, but do you think that sort of a little bit of obsession that you described there, maybe in your personality, do you think that actually was an advantage to to working on this? You know, both in those six years, but even to this day, in terms of maybe you're more like the details that you care about, maybe both in the product itself, but also in the experience it creates. I think one hundred percent. Mainly because, so I did UI design for, so like I left college, got a degree in business in uh, information systems, and then also a second major in supply uh, process management. It's like kind of like supply chain stuff. And then worked in consulting for about a year, left, and just immediately started working as a UI designer, which I was doing a ton of this through college and freelance work for everybody. But when I was able to go full time, I was obsessed with trying to be the best. And I think part of that is just the actual craft and learning the tools and like really thinking about design problems and getting in there and documenting all that stuff. And then part of it is just like being in the network and constantly meeting people and writing a blog post or being like in it. And that's where I wanted to really, really be good and keep progressing and keep improving and go to a conference and just like be that person. Um, but obviously that shifted towards, towards running Printavo, but now there's that focus of how do I be the best manager? How do I be the best founder? How do I like make sure we don't run into that, um, like ice block as a company, right. And, and just Titanic ourselves. Right. And like, like <laughs> what, what could put us out of business in three years? Like what, how do I be that person, uh, that the the best type of that person and so i think that's what that carries over to which shoot i'll take it yeah i think that's fantastic uh, there are a lot worse qualities you could have that wouldn't lend itself so well to starting a business <laughs> yeah well but but it does go along with the lines of yes 
the life part of the work life sacrifices and um the just like overall hours and something else we were talking about just yes it definitely sacrifices but i i think that's because i really want to try to be the best in in like in say 10 years it's like that desire i i mean i get the sense from you that and you've said it a few times now you want to make an impact on this industry you want to change things for the better to help these shops grow and and it sounds like that's your north star 100%. I I learned I feel like too is just also making sure to to vocalize that for the team and for others around. So um so yeah, I absolutely take that. It's funny you mentioned that cuz I take that and I had it printed and put it up in the office and everything else and then although now it's all in storage, but <laughs> we talk about it in other meetings. <laughs> You just mentioned a little bit about like sacrifices, you know, that you have to make kind of as someone who wants to be an entrepreneur and build a business. Um, and you mentioned, you know, you're married. Where where in your journey did you meet your wife? We met. So we met once at a club actually in Chicago called Mercer, if, if anybody's listening or happened to walk by or whatever. But it was on Harvard Street like eight years ago or so, uh, eight or nine years ago. Didn't really talk then. Um, and then just started talking about five or so years ago, but she, she's been hugely instrumental. I feel like as, as a backbone to, to, to helping enable me to do that, not in a like sacrificial way, but because she's very driven in her own regards, but you know, when when I had the opportunity to go full-time on Printavo, she was like, you talk about this all the time. Like, this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You're working on it constantly. You're like up early, you're late, you're doing all this stuff. You always, you know, this, do it. Why, why aren't you not doing it? Right. Which, which is me, but three years in the future, right. Looking back and saying, dude, why, why did you spend six years at this? What, why didn't you go full-time in like three years? Um, but that was huge to be able to help me be able to really crank it up a notch because I, I, it's just hard to not do it when you're not full-time. I rem- when you were saying that, I'm reminded of, I was watching this video you put out recently on social media, but you were um, just explaining the various things you had learned from bootstrapping a business and giving the pros and cons of bootstrapping. Yeah. And about halfway through the video, you mentioned your wife and then you said, she's right here behind me. And you just, I don't know if it was coincidence, but the way the video was framed, she was sitting <laughs> on a couch behind you, but directly behind you. So you couldn't see it. You yeah. moved to your left, to your right, and you could see your wife on the couch. She's working on something on her laptop and she waves. And that struck me because I thought, I, I, maybe it's just me, but I... I when I'm creating or doing something or cause that's a performance of a sort, right? You're, you're on camera, like recording for your, your yeah. audience. I don't know if I'd want someone in the room with me. And it dawned on me, she's been sitting here the whole time watching you, however many takes you did. And I thought <laughs> to myself, I mean, she's literally, and I thought of this now because 
it's sort of symbolic, I think. She's literally in the room with you. Like, what greater level of support could you show than to be sitting in the room while you're doing this? Yeah. What, I mean, is that just... It struck me as abnormal, but I, I don't think it should. Is that normal? Like, you two... I mean, it's she's funny. always in the room it's with you? It's funny you bring that up because it wasn't... I, I didn't plan on it being like that, but I, I was just like, oh, can you... Like, when I just started recording, I was like, oh, can you just scoot over just a little bit? Okay, perfect. And then just go. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I think... Only because we we do so much content, I've recorded so many videos on YouTube that I can I can spit it out regardless of who's around. Um, but yeah, it it is. I, I really like having her actually in the background if I'm just working or, or recording that or something. But um, yeah, it wasn't. I'm actually getting her into it a little bit because she's working on this like scrub line and everything. And so it's like, you got to do content, like start now. And it's interesting seeing like going back when starting and just like the the little things that you say or or like the stop or pauses or ums or us or whatever that eventually you filter out, but it takes a while to, to, to nail it. But yeah, dude, it, it kind of makes me think going off on a, a sideways a little bit, but of of that balance of like the human aspect of how it all fits in or trying to make it fit in. Cause I don't think I'm good at it. Then that's one area I definitely have to improve, but it's like, can you be good at it? Like if you're putting so much into one or not, I, I don't know. It, it feels it. I would like to say, Hey, okay, I want to put in X amount of time at 110% and then be able to have like a team and then I can be at 75%. I think that's where, and that way I can help, you know, be more present and like, you know, eventually with the family and kids and stuff. Uh, Cause I, I don't know how sustainable it is long-term. You mean running the business or at this level or? Um, yeah, just, just at this level of focus. Like it, mm. it's, it's, it's hard to have like a conversation at night because my brain is just constantly firing off about, Oh, I told you like we're hiring and stuff a lot. So it's like, Oh shoot. Did I follow up with that candidate? Oh wait, sorry. What were you saying? You know? Yeah. And, and and that's like constant. And so, uh, being able to help shift more into that, I think, I think longer term would be nice. Yeah, I will, I will say like that's something I've always admired um, entrepreneurs who have families um, and significant others and, and people, you know, that probably help balance them. But at the same time, finding that balance has to be tough. I mean, I've never I've tried to start things here and there with a the family, but I've never really done it long term, full time. So I can't speak to it. But yeah, I mean, that's. I, I, sure I can't imagine. Yeah. And that's why I was so fortunate in not having a, a relationship for most of that time working on Printavo. There's no kids. It was just living with friends and everything. Like, you know, I was really, really fortunate in that. And I was freelancing to like, if I wanted to hire, I had contractors helping me like, Hey, I'm going to build this, you build that. And so I could take freelance money and put it towards that too. So yeah, it was in a lucky spot. I, I One thing I do find, like, I have two kids myself, and, like, so anything I do, especially as they're getting older now, they're 10 and 6, I I find that everything I do, I think about 
like the legacy or the impact on them and like sort of, again, going back to this idea that we all have this impact on others, but especially, you know, our own children. Um, so I think about, you know, like your wife, you know, the, the work you're doing and I'm sure the, in, you know, the income you're providing and, you know, just your contributions to your relationship and everything you're building together. Like, um, I imagine that's balancing in a way like just, you know, even when you do fall asleep and I and think like, you know, this life we have together is, is what it's all about. And I'm trying to, you know, there, there's something, the business is super important in the creation and the impact you're creating in the industry, but there's also more than that, that of course mm-hmm. I imagine you're, yeah, you're going it, after. It, that is, that is a, that is a good point. It, it's kind of like day one again, where it's like the focus of the customer helps and, and improving their business helps provide dividends, like literally financial dividends to be able to take care of a team and then and take care of myself and my family. I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. Like, it's not like we're loaded, but we're definitely able to, hey, do you want to go on a trip next week? Like, sure. Where, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And I have a really good team that they can just own it and that's fine. And, um, I think putting in all of that work to set up that foundation does help allow things to just keep, like there's so much momentum that's helped build that it lets it continue to run so that we can do cool stuff or wherever she wants to go or, you know, need experiences or things like that. But yeah, it's interesting to think about that. It's also interesting to think about like the, the, like the buying of things and the experiences, which everybody's like, yeah, experience, experience, but cool things are also really cool for a while too. <laughs> like, you know, and maybe it's not fulfilling, but it is for a little bit. I, I don't know there is an interesting thing to think about. Do you have any cool things in mind? <laughs> I, so I bought a, uh, my, so I've never needed a car. So I, I didn't have a car. Um, and I was able to get, uh, uh my first car and I got a, t- a Tesla three, um, couple or last December. Oh, about a year ago, actually now. So, you know, that, that's a really cool thing that do I need it? No, but it was, it was nice. And now I do have the flexibility of being able to go wherever and not, you know, either Ubering or, or whatever like that. But it is interesting. I, I don't know. I, and, and like w- we as a company could invest in like, Hey, we want to buy better things for this content or, or buy that or this. And, and because I've built it, so it's more, so, so we do have a profit margin built in, like it makes us feel comfortable to like, let's test out this marketing campaign or let's do that. And okay, cool. We'll see if it works. Like, let's give it a roll. Whereas, um, a company that may be more strapped, like you have to be a lot more, uh, focused in on the immediate needs. So that that's nice. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I, I love your example there of, you know, it's sort of a big moment for you, like being able to buy that car. And, you know, even if you don't 100% quote need it, like it's fulfilling a role in your life. I think it's also symbolic, like I said, of that idea of creating something out of nothing, like you being able to do that is the end result of this chain of events that started with you creating something out of thin air, now affecting all these businesses who are now growing and therefore sharing, 
you know, you're sharing in that success. And so I think that's really cool. I mean, congrats. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I should have put that money into the stock, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. You, um, I, when I was, like I said, diving into your story, you buying the uh, screen printing equipment in college was from a skate shop. You, um, were you a big like skateboarder, rollerblader? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, skateboarding is how I got into the screen printing space because I was super into skateboarding and because I was really passionate about business stuff, I was like, oh, wow, like, how do they make all the decks? Or like, who who's running all these companies? Or, you know, wh- what about the apparel side? And so that's where we started to make apparel and we were selling that uh, through this little clothing line we started. And then the skate shop, the owner, his name is Dustin, uh, he was like, hey, I got a bunch of screen printing equipment in my garage. Do you, do you want to buy it? And I was like, yeah, I mean, how much? And he's like, six grand for everything. I was like, okay, let me get some friends together. And and, and so I put in two grand. Um, we had four friends that each put in two grand. And so we bought it and then put it in the back of his business. And then, uh, yeah, we just kept messing around with it there and printing for really for the university and fraternities, sororities, clubs, it's crazy how much custom apparel there is out there until you like <laughs> think about it. Yeah, especially at universities um, or colleges. I mean, you think about all the the school, the organizations that are within the school, and all that. I, I oh imagine you probably did pretty well. Bar crawls. I mean, it it grew really quickly. It was it was fun. Like, you know, you're sending art approvals and you're doing all this stuff in class, and you go over to the shop and like print it all up, and then you know it. <sighs> I don't know. It's weird because it's funny you bring that up because we never again thought of it as a business. It was just this is like this is really cool to to be able to do this and let, let's just keep going and see what let's just do it and yeah we just gotta get this job out okay let's get another job all right <laughs> you know let's get two more jobs right yeah it's funny that you mentioned you realized you didn't think about it as a business because I was thinking so you. I mean, in a sense, well, in essence, you created a business there, you and your friends. And then you said before that you were, you know, as you're skateboarding, thinking about kind of the business side of like, how do they create these decks and stuff? So, I mean, I'm seeing the entrepreneurial bug in you, at least in college and prior. Did you always sort of, well, where did that bug come from? Like, are your parents entrepreneurs? I find that's often where it starts. N- um, Not for me. Uh, In fact... I didn't, I don't know if I'll send them this, but I didn't, yeah, they know. I didn't tell them anything for the longest time about the screen printing shop, about the clothing line, about Printavo, um, because, you know, my parents wanted the best for me, which was go to school. Uh, I was very fortunate. They were like, we're going to take care of school and then, you know, you're, you, you're out. And then I was like, okay, so, Hey, we're taking care of school. So you got to get a good GPA and do your thing. And then, you know, go look at working at the big four consulting firms, right? Or when you go to the college of business and it's not to their fault, but it's like a lot of people just funnel through this flow. You get your degree, you spend four years there and then you go, you work for PwC or Accenture or whatever the deal is. And then, you know, you spend time there and then you go to whatever you want to do. Um, 
I was just so not interested in that. And like, and if I sort of brought it up, I, I learned very early that the, the things that I was more interested was not in that path. And so I just stopped talking about it and I didn't bring it up. And so that way I could just do it and nobody would question or do anything about it. And I could just like execute on my stuff. Um, and it was easier. It was fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't need to brag to anybody about this. Like, I don't, there's no, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. Like, I just like talking about it with the guys that I met that I saw were coding and like we met and then, you know, Hey dude, this is what we're doing. What do you think? How do you do this or that? But I, I didn't need their like, Oh, good job or something. And I think it would have, and I think it would have helped me back too, because mm. again, they want that path and, uh, that was just not it. So if it's like getting advice from somebody that, you know, the answer is what, what's like, why would you even say it's probably like your kids, like they, they probably know who to like ask different questions to. Right. Or like, should I even ask this? Right. Because I know they're going to say this. And so maybe I'll just make this decision over here. (laughs) Um, and you know, I, I, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know how your parents were about it, but I feel like that that's that was just the only way where I could just be at peace and just be able to keep moving forward. I, I resonate with that 110%. My parents are the same way. Um, to this day, there are things I don't... I've never, ever told them about this podcast. <laughs> which Do they makes, listen to podcasts? What's that? Do they listen to podcasts? No, not to my knowledge. Yeah, but, yeah. but just the idea of like... And I think a lot of it, I, first of all, I think I could tell them and they would be very excited or at least be like, oh, that's cool. But I think my hesitation is rooted in exactly what you just said. I had the same deal. Like parents, you know, I. Yeah. You'd have to explain it. You have to go through. And then, like. Well, more so what you said about like they were, you know, I was also fortunate where they were able to help me with school and, you know, basically pay for school for me. And then. You know, they also had similar expectations that I was going to get, you know, a good job and follow that path that you so perfectly described. And so, like, you know, I did not go off and start a company, although I wish I, you know, maybe I wish I had. But any creative endeavor I did that was off the path, just like you, I was like, I'm not going to. They are not people I'm going to choose to talk to this about for many of the reasons you said. So it's it's very close to home what you just said. I, I can totally resonate with that. Yeah. It's interesting. Do you think with your kids, it, is it sort of similar or, or like, do you naturally inherit that or, or how do you balance the, the initiative in a way? For me personally, it's been the opposite. Like I, I don't want that for them at all. I want the complete opposite. Like I want them to understand that they should go after like things that they enjoy and just what they want to do in life. And there is no prescribed path and yeah. They should make their own path. Yeah, it's definitely been the complete opposite for me. Like, I really am intentional on trying to help them have a better experience than I felt that I did. Sure. Um, Do you think that the sort of, you know, your some of your ambition came from having to do it on your own? Because, like, there, I, I just wonder, like, the flip side of, oh, yeah, you kind of had to just do it instead of coming to you and asking you and then going and, you know. Yeah, maybe. I think there's a difference in my mind between like doing it on your own versus maybe, you know, someone doing it for you. That's one 
part of the equation. The other part of the equation is like the expectations and sort of what you feel you're supposed to do. Because mm-hmm. um, I think regardless of what you do, you could do it either on your own or with, you know, someone could do it for you. But for me, at least, it sounds like a little bit for you, like it felt like there was this prescribed path yeah. that I was on. But I, I, I don't know when you realized this. I didn't realize this till way too late. But in hindsight, I should have realized it earlier. There's this prescribed path that, you know, their generation want, wanted their kids on. Sure. And so many of us went on. Um, and yeah, I think I definitely was someone who like was ambitious, am ambitious and, and do, you know, can figure things out and, and do things on my own. But at least for my kids, I do want them to be maybe ambitious and, and self-sufficient, but also understand that asking for help isn't bad. But I also, more importantly, I don't want them to feel like there's a prescribed path they're on. Like, I want them to be free to go after the path that best suits them. You know, like, I feel like it sounds like you you and I had a similar background there where, like, there was only one expectation. Like, you were going to, for you, it was business and, you know, consulting. For me, it was, I think originally it was engineer, where I don't know where my dad got that from because I'm not an engineer. <sighs> um, but, you know, I remember, I mean, you know, I originally wanted to go to like film school and I let them talk me out of that. And like in hindsight, I probably could have put up a bigger, I could have fought more for what I wanted in that situation, but I was just like, Oh, okay. I'm going to go down your path. Sure. So yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing for me to answer your question about my kids is I just don't want them to feel like they have this prescribed path that I or anyone else is forcing them to go down. Like, you go down the path that's best for you. And I understand you might stumble on the way. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting to think about. Um, but it sounds like you got it nailed down then. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I do this podcast is because I don't have it nailed down. So I get to invite folks like yourself on and learn secretly all the, all the advice from you. And then I get to incorporate that. And hopefully I have more of it figured out now, but Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, there's just so much to grow in. I, it is, it is really, it is really interesting to think about that, that parental role, but I always feel like it comes, it it helped for me was the people that I was sort of around. Um, And then, and then the ability to be kind of curious about it. Like I remember getting into the web and there was, there was a guy I was, I was playing music and, and I was like really, really interested in guitar. And for Christmas, my dad got me a guitar finally. And then this guy who was playing this band, they created this website on GeoCities, and it was like, well, how do you, uh, and I, I remember thinking like, how'd you make that? Like, that's, wait, what? Like, and he's like, just look up like tables, HTML tables. Like, okay. And, and, but, but like helping to enable, it feels like just always being curious about something. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the foundation or, or a foundational aspect to it. I think so. I, I think I, like, I can speak from my experience. Curiosity drives everything I do. Like I am a very curious person. Um, and I, it, I, I would think you are too. Like, I think that's what drives a lot of people who create things, you know, whether it's a business or an album or a film, like yeah. there's something they're exploring there. There's a curiosity that's driving them to, to sort of explore, like maybe chase after answers that maybe they're never going to find, but sure. it's just that constant search of that the curiosity is driving. 
I think curiosity is such an important in all aspects of life, whether it's business in corporate America or, um, gosh, relationships and everywhere. Like, yeah, I feel like being curious just naturally, it invites you to like keep an open mind to the world around you and therefore hopefully be exposed to more. Whereas mm-hmm. I would imagine not being curious, which I guess I have no experience with, but I imagine then you would be less likely to like ever be open to things you don't like know about. Right. Like right, there's, right. there's so much more out there that I don't know than I do know. So it's like, I constantly want to just learn more about that, that area right. I don't know about. Yeah. No, 100%. Bruce, thank you so much for, for chatting. I think this is, I, I love your journey and your story and what you're building with Printavo. Um, but thanks so much for taking the time to just chat with me and yeah, thank you. I appreciate reaching out. I was like, wow, that was really cool. Um, but you know, even just being able to talk about some of this stuff is not something I tend to do very much. So thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening to we're only human. Before you go, I would love to know what you had for breakfast this morning. Just send me an email, tim at we'reonlyhumanpodcast.com, and let me know what you had for breakfast this morning. Thanks.